We had a lot of interest in, in people wanting to be authors, but there was a, a barrier that was preventing them from completing their manuscripts. Then I thought, you know what? That's a problem that that our, my market is having. Let me provide my unique perspective on how to resolve that problem. So, so the the, the idea itself is not unique. I mean, you know, the book is called "Becoming an Author." What are you waiting for? I mean, that is that is not unique. <laughs> that is like right. But I, I do have I have to say, when I finished reading through it, I, I was thinking to myself, "Well, what am I waiting for?" <laughs> <laughs> This is Build Your Difference, a podcast created by Blue Artists, a brand platform with one goal, to help great visionaries like you build impressive brands. Every month, we'll bring you insightful tips, knowledge, and compelling stories from successful entrepreneurs and the Blue Artists team on how to create and market a winning brand that does more than just launch a new product or service. It starts an ongoing conversation. Because you're not just making a brand, you're making a difference. Let's start building. Hi, everyone. My name is John Marble, and welcome to the Build Your Difference podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about how you can become an author and how the book you write can help grow your business. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking with Pierre Walters, CEO of Blue Artists whose most recent book, Becoming an Author, What Are You Waiting For?, offers would-be authors a guide on how to write that first masterpiece. An award-winning author, filmmaker, actor, and branding expert, Pierre dives deep into the process of writing a book, providing comprehensive step-by-step tips and strategies for writing, marketing, and monetizing your book that even first-time authors can employ to great effect. Pierre's book not only demonstrates that you, in fact, can be a writer, but that the book inside you even has the power to grow your business. A man of many talents, Pierre established himself as an accomplished writer in 2013 with his best-selling book, Prove It With Pictures. Over the years, he's been a recipient of numerous awards and nominations. Most recently, he was awarded Best Actor by the Queen's World Film Festival for the film the Red Effect. I can't tell you how many times I've thought about wanting to write a book. <laughs> right. Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. And if I, if I may quote the first couple of lines, right at the start here, you write, I believe that inside every one of us is a book wanting to be written. Mm-hmm. And then you go on to write, well, let's expand on that. There's a book within each of us that needs to be shared. Right. This, those two lines right there, I'm, I'm reading that and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> you know, I've got like five or ten books always in my head and I can never seem to get them written down. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to start out with a question. You addressed this early on in the book, which is a lot of entrepreneurs, they're just starting out and they may not see the, the necessity of writing a book. So uh, I'll ask you just right here out of the gate, why should I write a book? Yeah, that's a... Well, I think you, you saved the best question for first, actually, because that, <laughs> that I think that's really the bottom line. Why should you write a book? Why should anybody write a book? Um, and uh, the, the, I guess the first thing that I, that I want to say to that is uh, if you don't have anything to say, don't write 
a book. There has to be something you want to say. Right. And, and so, and, and you'll know that intrinsically. So like what you were saying, the, there has been so many times where you have, you have felt that there, there was a book inside of you that you wanted to write. That means that you have something to say. There's something that you want to say. And I think for most of us, there is something inside of us, whether it's through our, our life story or through an experience that we've had or through a particular expertise that we've gained, or our own perspective at looking at the world. There's something we want to say. And the challenge is is sort of seeing that process through. Then that's where we can start to have the discussion. And, and I can say uh, to, to your point specifically, that the reason that we write books now has to fundamentally be to share our story to share our story or to share our perspective and um and so it's important that you have a perspective or that you have a story to share what i picked up in in reading your book here was this correlation this connection with writing books as a means of growing a business yeah and Mm -hmm. i hadn't really thought of it in that way really specifically although you know i'm aware it's kind of been done before but Mm -hmm. i was curious how did you yourself kind of come to this concept of writing the book as a means of growing a business? Yeah, yeah. Um, my goodness. Uh, it, uh, that came, I, I got to tell you, it came to me empirically. Mm. I, I think I am in sort of a unique position um, uh, here at Blue Artist to have encountered so many different small business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, people who are just visionaries and leading the way in their markets um, and in their own industries. Uh, and, you know, when, when, when you meet so many people like that and you see how they are uh, putting together such incredible uh, solutions for either their customers, their clients, or for the market, uh, you, you realize that, okay, first of all, these are some incredible human beings. And we are in a day and age where I think as customers and as consumers, we're, we're really wanting to, to, to get to the heart of, uh, of the brands that we associate with or the products that we, uh, that we uh, patronize. We, we're really wanting to make sure that the things that we are sort of voting on with our dollars are are things that we really believe in. To grow a business, it's important that uh, that the visionaries, the people really behind that business, are comfortable introducing themselves to their public, so that their public can get to know them, and their public can say, you know what, I resonate with this person, or I resonate with this person's vision. And we all have that potential to to tap into uh, to that kind of brand loyalty if we can sort of uh, recognize that we have a unique identity and it's about sharing our unique identity with our our audience. We have all this social media now mm-hmm. where we can make that bond instantaneously. So what has what should have me as an entrepreneur going to writing a book? as opposed to 
I can just upload a bunch of blogs or Instagram f- to my feed and kind of connect or bond that way. Is is there a benefit to writing the book over using our current social media platforms? Yeah, there is. There's a, there's a big benefit. Um, and, and by the way, I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. I don't mm. think that it's either I'm going to write a book or I'm going to write a blog. You know, I, I don't think that they, they need to exist in silos. These things, these strategies can work together. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is that there's a different audience for social media than there would be uh, your uh, reading a book, okay? There's a different audience and there's a different circumstance. Now, here's the thing. You're, you're less likely to be invited to come and give a TED Talk based off of a tweet, okay? Yeah, I mean, you're less likely to win an award based off of a tweet. I mean, I'm not familiar with any award-winning tweets. (laughs) (laughs) So, but right now, uh, you know, tweets are what, 120 or 140 characters. And uh, you really, that doesn't really give you much room to to do a deep dive. And so if you think about social media, I tend to think about social media as broad. So it's so it's horizontal. It's it's a it's a broad uh, it's a broad spread. Whereas when you sit down to write a book, uh, you're really digging deep. You're going vertical. You're giving someone an experience that's rich in depth. Whereas when they engage with you on social media or even in a blog article, that's more broad. That's you know I've got five minutes. I can read your blog, or I've got a few minutes, or I see a post that you posted on my Facebook timeline or in my Twitter timeline, and that's great. But I'm only spending about 30 seconds on that, and then I'm going to move on to the next post. So social media is broad, whereas taking the time taking the time to sit and to and to really dive deep into a particular topic or subject matter, that's a vertical slice. And you know there's a time and place for a vertical slice. And let me give you an example. Uh, if you're on the airplane, now, I don't know, maybe in a, in a year, actually, probably already now airplanes have internet on them, but there was a time when you, <laughs> when you, when there was, you couldn't get internet on an airplane. Right. Okay. So that was a great time to snuggle up with a good book and just lose yourself in a great book while you're traveling. And there are still situations like that where a customer or a reader wants to engage in a particular topic and really learn. And, and they're setting time aside for that purpose. And when they're ready to do that, that is like prime time. I mean, when you think about how valuable mm. someone's time is, for example, if you look at the Super Bowl and you think about how much money companies spend to get their ads airtime during the Super Bowl, that's because that is prime time. That is valuable time right then to get in front of all of these people. Okay. So if you are able to put yourself in a situation where someone picks up your book and says that they're going to spend 30 minutes doing a deep dive into your brain, that, that is an incredible value proposition. That that is expensive. You're getting time that advertisers would pay millions of dollars for. So this is your shot to really win that person over. Right. And there's a kind of intimacy there of a sort. Absolutely. You're in that person's kind of personal, mental, even perhaps Absolutely. emotional space that's right. at that it, point. It, there is an intimacy there. There is a relationship that's being built, which, which uh, you know, I, I believe that a brand is three things. A, I believe that a brand is based off three pillars, mm. uh, identity, community, 
and conversation. Identity is who you are, your mission, your vision for building your business. That's your identity, your unique way of doing things. Your community that that's that's the people that need your service okay so if you're not if you're an entrepreneur the people if you're if you're a plumber the people who have pipes those are the people who are your customers okay it it doesn't matter if their pipes are working or if their pipes are broken uh, or 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 clogged up if they've got pipes they're your they're your customers and 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 then there's conversation conversation is the the vehicle the process by which you deliver your unique identity to your community. And so that can be the simple act of showing up to your, as if I was a plumber, that would be the simple act of showing up to my customer's uh, residence and then uh, and then working on the, the issue with their plumbing. All right, that, that entire experience, that is conversation because I'm delivering my unique way of doing things directly to that customer. Now, a book, a book is an excellent conversation strategy because it's a vehicle within which we can deliver our unique identity, our unique way of doing things or our unique proposition. And we can deliver that directly to our community. And so that process, which is conversation, is worth so much. That's really what it's all about. Does that make sense, John? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so if I'm looking at this from a strategic standpoint, I would be looking at the book as sort of as the the centerpiece and that social media can be more of a supplemental um, to to help grow the conversation, let's say. Yeah. Mm hmm. You got it. You absolutely got it. Uh, the, the book is it's your book is definitely your centerpiece because that's the deep dive. Uh, one idea that I've even suggested uh, to, to several clients is uh, especially because you brought up the idea of, well, why don't I just blog? OK, yeah, go ahead, blog. And then after you've accumulated a certain a, a healthy amount of blog posts, then take those posts and 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 turn that into a book because now the material is already written. Now, there's also a practical reason for putting out a book, and that is passive income. Mm. Now, I mean, I, I never suggest that anyone go into authorship with the intent of the revenue from that from their book being their or their book being their sole revenue driver. I never suggest that because that's that's really putting a lot of pressure on on just one product to, to, to sort of outperform and, and carry the rest of your business. And I don't think that that's really a, a good idea. If the book picks up and that's able to be your primary revenue driver, well, then that's fantastic. But it's better to look at this as, am I providing value? Yeah. Let me pr- write the best book that I can that provides the best value that I can. And then I will push it and make sure people know about it. And, you know, I really believe that the, the if if it's value packed, if it's rich in content, and if it's presented to the right people, that the book will be something that would be a, a healthy return on investment, and that's passive income. You've only mm. you've written the book once; it's out there, and now you can just sit back and enjoy the the the, the market as the market rewards you for the value that you've provided. It's so much easier now for any anyone from the from the professional down to the amateur to have a published book. Has that lowered the standard that we expect now from from the books we read or the the publications? 
You know, you would think, I mean, I think, you know, just in terms of market saturation, you would think that that uh, our tolerance has been diluted mm. <laughs> for quality pieces. But I think the opposite is actually what's happening, which is because everyone has an opportunity to now create a book and become an author. Um, I think the market is actually going is, is actually being less forgiving and actually mm. being much more uh, strict about what is good. And whereas in the past, all you needed was an editor at a, at a publisher to say, oh yeah, this is good. And then they publish your book and then, okay. And the, 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 the market itself isn't necessarily judging whether or not your book is really worth reading. It's that particular publisher. Now, in this case, where every, in the modern day where everybody has the opportunity to publish their book, now we can really see uh, who the market is is going to award mm. based off of the quality of of their um, their contribution. So I think this is the best time to become an author. This is the time uh, in terms of accessibility. This is the time to do it. But also in terms of the standard for quality, if you take the time to write something that that is good mm -hmm. objectively that clearly communicates what it is that you're trying to say and really resonates with your audience then then the market is going to reward you right right yeah definitely there's a kind of a concept you bring up in your book that i was really fascinated by and i think we've kind of touched on this already but just wondering if we can dive in a little bit more to this before we move on to another topic and that is this idea as the book is a tool that delivers identity to communities. Mm -hmm. And what is involved in that? Can you, can you maybe unwrap that for us? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm really, when, when I talk about delivering identity to your community, and remember I said that I believe that a brand is three things. It's identity, community, and conversation. Right. And when I talk about the book being a vehicle for identity, I'm really talking about a nonfiction book, uh, a book that is uh, designed to convey a particular expertise, okay? And therefore positions them well to take on speaking engagements and such to better push their brand and their business. So this is the kind of book that I'm talking about. And uh, when you uh, do a deep dive, mm -hmm. a vertical slice on a particular topic or, or subject matter uh, through your book, and you position that to your community, okay? What you're doing is you're giving your community something that they could not otherwise get. You, if, if it takes them three or four or five hours to sit down and read your book, okay, that's three, four, or five hours that you are personally spending with every single person who reads your book. Now, that's something that there really isn't any other way for you to do that. You have carved out uh, a relationship uh, a, a, an ideological uh, relationship with your reader. And it's that relationship that establishes trust, mm. that creates a bond, and that uh, uh, can can be parlayed into brand loyalty if what you're saying is resonating with the, with the reader. So I, I think it's an excellent tool to convey your identity. The, and when I say identity, I'm talking about your mission, your vision, your unique perspective. It's an excellent tool to convey that identity to the community and ultimately create even stronger 
brand loyalty. And so now when they when when you extend the call to action or the invitation uh, for the reader to to visit your website or to sign up for your service or to give your 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 business a try, now they're in a much better position to do that. Because now they understand your perspective. They understand the way you work. They agree with it. They resonate with it. Now the next step is to pull the trigger and 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 uh, and take and move forward. So there's going to be a lot less confusion, a lot more customer uh, uh, trust and customer buy-in. Uh, so so really, by the time that someone who has read your book, by the time they engage with you. Uh, to do business, you you don't. There's no selling. You don't have to do any selling because they're already sold. They they resonate with your material and with your identity, and they're just ready to move forward. I know in the book you you address the issue of of procrastination and having trouble getting started. And I wanted to ask you first, what was your greatest obstacle in writing this book, and what was your method for overcoming that? You know, uh, I, I think the greatest. Obstacle. I, I, when, I, the, when you say obstacle, the first thing that comes to my mind is time. Mm. Time. Just finding the time to do it. But you know, when I dive deeper into that idea of not having time, what I'm really finding is that the challenge isn't not having time. The challenge is what do I do with the time that I have? And that's where I start to, I have start, you know, I can remember with, with, with this book thinking, um, uh, you know, oh my God, I have so many ideas. How am I supposed to get those on paper? I, I don't have that much time. I don't have time to sit and explore all this stuff. It's too much. And when I took a step back and I did the number one thing, the number one thing, which I recommend all authors do, and that is create an outline. Right. When I took a step back and created an outline for my ideas, for my thoughts, for just whatever it was that was going on in my head. It, I got to tell you, once that outline was complete, it made the, the rest of the process so much smoother because then I was able to tackle uh, my time. I was, able, I was able to tackle my approach just sort of, you know, just based off of what I had put in my outline. I could say, okay, today I'm going to work on section one and the bullet points for section one. Or today I'm going to work on section 2.1. So section two, the first part of section two. Today that's all I'm doing. And so when I broke it down into these very manageable steps, I got to tell you, the process moved by so quickly. But the greatest obstacle was just being a little bit overwhelmed in terms of having limited time and having a lot that I want to get out on paper and then figuring out, well, how do I overcome that? And, and that really was by, uh, by creating a comprehensive outline. I mean, I've heard some authors give advice to the degree of, uh, just do a, you know, a page a day, write one page per day, just write one page or something like that. And I have to disagree with that. It's work on your outline. Right. I don't care how much time it takes you to do work on your outline. Just get that outline done. And once the outline's done, then you put together a schedule based off of the points in that outline. It could be today, I'm going to work on, I'm going to do three paragraphs today, or I'm going to do half a page today, but it's going to be specifically on this section in my outline. And that way I see the end is in sight and I know where I'm going. And every day I'm motivated because I can see what I've completed and I can see what the next step is in my outline. I'm not needing to to sort of think about what, what to do next. It's all there in the outline. 
Does that make sense? Definitely. And, you know, when you have all these ideas, what what is the method there for trying to decide what should I be writing about? I mean, I, of course, it's going to depend on what business you're trying to grow, I suppose. But, you know, is there beyond that, is there some sort of metric that we can determine? Well, these are all great ideas, great, great stories to tell. But these are the ones that are going to resonate the best. Is there a, is there a metric there? You know, um, you know, I don't, I, hmm. I would say, okay, I have, I have two, two pieces of, 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 of advice on handling this. The first is what to do when you've settled on an idea, or actually the, the first is how to identify an idea. And then the second is what to do once you've identified an idea. So in terms of identifying an idea that you think will resonate I think uh, that what's important here is your perspective. The idea itself does not need to be original. I mean, it doesn't. It really doesn't. In fact, the more unique and niche and original the idea, that's the, probably the less likely it will resonate. Because if, if not a lot of people are, 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 are able to relate with the idea, then you're going to have a hard time dealing, getting, a, getting a market for your book. But if you... If you, uh, but what's always going to be unique is your perspective on an idea. So, for example, with my clients, I pay attention to what their pain points are. Mm-hmm. And I identify that I have many clients who are interested in being an author. I, I, I mean, I didn't know that inherently, but just by seeing and looking at how my clients, uh, the clients of Blue Artists are, are, in, are interacting with the website and, and, and responding to our services, just sort of, paying attention to that and and seeing that we have a lot of interest in 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 book publishing but then there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh sort of self sabotage or self doubt that impedes the process of actually um moving forward or or even creating a a a, a usable manuscript i mean there's enough people out there who want to who want to become a, an author just like you just like me mm. um that i knew that that was going to resonate so i knew that my job here is is not to convince them that this was a problem rather my job was to uh come up with a strategy a unique perspective that could be usable to people who want to become an author and something practical that could actually help them cross that finish line. So that's the first thing. Now, the second thing is what to do when you actually develop your idea. And I would say, uh, and I, and I do talk about this in the book. Um, I, I, I think this is in the book, um, in section two, where we talk about structure and, um, and something that's really important to me is structure. So when you have an idea and, and you know you've got to sit down and outline it, well, how do you outline your idea? So there's a very simple structure, which uh, I do elaborate on in the book. But for the purpose of this conversation, I'll just give you the real, the basics of it. It's called the PREP method, mm. P-R-E-P. And so it's, it's an acronym and it stands for POINT, REASONS examples point and every idea every argument can be structured into prep which is you make a point you provide your reasons you provide some examples and then you reiterate the point so it's 
very simple. It's a very simple structure to follow to, to convey an argument. And so in the book, we, we, we dive deep into how to use this method. But I would say, uh, for, for the, you know, once you've got your idea on what you're going to write, the very next thing is to outline it, to create that structure. And I would say if it's a nonfiction book, follow the prep method. Make your point, provide your reasons, provide examples, then reiterate your point. Well, one of the um, – you mentioned about nonfiction and, and this this prep strategy – um, obviously when nonfiction books are going to involve some books that, that convey information, let's say, and one of the things you bring up in the, in the book here is this idea that most of us are going to forget information pretty quickly if it's just delivered as is, but if it's mm-hmm. wrapped up in a, in a enticing story, you know, then th- that's going to stay with us much longer and you know, I, I see it as you—you you may not necessarily remember the facts and figures, but now that story has given you an associated memory with that. You know, so even if you only remember two facts from that presentation, right. those facts are going to stay with you because you've got that story. Uh, yeah, I, John, I, I want to say, uh, have you ever have you ever seen the uh, the the BBC show uh, Sherlock? Yes. <laughs> Okay, this is the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. So I really enjoy that show. Anyway, something I really like about their portrayal of uh, of Sherlock Holmes and his gift, he I was introduced to the idea of the memory castle <laughs> from Sherlock Holmes. And, you know, there would be times when he has to go deep into his memory castle to, to find a, a, some hidden piece of information that he sort of noticed in happenstance and then filed away in his brain somewhere. Um well, you know, we all have a memory castle and and I actually did some research into how to build a memory castle mm. um in in your mind, how to do it. And the way you do it is through stories. It's through anecdotes. It's by contextualizing the information that uh that you receive and uh and then and then remembering the context. The context is that we have an infinite capacity for remembering context. So context is a great way to store information. So you're absolutely right. It, it, the information just presented to you is really not, is really not going to be helpful. But uh, if we can find a unique way to contextualize, to, to, to present that information as an anecdote or uh, as a story, something that has an emotional tug that people can can sort of inherently remember, then then uh, the concept that we're trying to teach or the information that we're trying to convey will stick. Now, we, we talked about procrastination a little earlier on. And I don't know, most of us have this this idea that, well, you know, I can't write a book. I'm not a writer. Um, even if I had something to say, I wouldn't know how to say it. You know, when we talked about the outline and I'm, sh- uh, and I can imagine that would be a useful tool in, in helping someone who's struggling to get started with that pr- and break that procrastination. Is there anything else that they can focus on that would get them to actually sit down and, and write, whether it's page one or, or an outline? Yeah. You know, uh, get some help. That's the first thing that I would say is, is don't, don't think that you have to do it all on your own. Um, you know, I have help. I, I go out and I, and I try to find 
help. And I'm talking, <laughs> I'm not talking about, um, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm crazy, but I, <laughs> sorry. Well, but what I am saying is I, 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 I seek help to help me with my endeavors. And, um, and I think that's something everyone should do. And fortunately at Blue Artists, we, we are, we are built for that. And I'm really fortunate to, 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 to be with a company that, that can help me to write my books because I got to say, I was able to run my ideas across other uh, producers. I was able to, to have uh, a project manager keep me on track with developing the outline and then moving forward with the writing process. I was, I was able to have help with making sure that what was being written was true and was, uh, was uh, interesting and presented in an interesting way. So I had a lot of help. And I got to tell you, my first book, uh, Prove It With Pictures, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't take advantage of the help that was available to me. And I wrote that all, all, uh, uh, well, I didn't write it completely by myself, but I, I did not, I did not take advantage of the full breadth of, uh, of assistance that, uh, we do have at Blue Artist to sort of get that, to get that book done. And so consequently, um, when I look back at that book, I, I feel, okay, you know, there was a little too wordy here. I could have, I could have said mm. this a little bit better here. Um, but with, but with this book, uh, I really took advantage of, of the team approach to, to, to help keep me on track and also allow me to delegate research and delegate, um, uh, edit, editorial responsibilities to other members of the team to help bring this thing together and for it not all to rest on my shoulders. Let's imagine I've got a business starting and I want to grow it. So I'm considering writing that book. So I, I'm going to come to Blue Artists with this idea, this, this book I'd like to create. What, what's the process like when I, when I work with Blue mm-hmm. Artists and trying to get this off the ground? You know, we have, we have several options at Blue Artists. And I'm really, really proud of how, uh, how our business has really grown, um, especially in the publishing area. Um, in making sure that we have the right amount of options for all sorts of different uh, authors and would-be authors who are coming to the table at different points in their uh, in their process, and um, so if you're if you have a manuscript already written, then we're certainly here to to facilitate that self-publishing process so that you don't have to worry about putting out a book that that does not look like it can be marketably competitive. And that's a, that's a big, big advantage point that mm. a traditional publisher offers you that we're proud to be able to provide to our clients and do it with all the same advantages that self-publishing provides. Now, if you don't have your manuscript written and you have just an idea, we are here to help take that idea and we can help you with that outline. We can help, just like I was saying, the first, the most important thing is to put that outline together. Well, if you can't even get that done because you're just so busy or you have a ton of other things going on, but you know this is something you want to have done, we can help you with that too. We can create the outline. And once that outline is finished, then we can move forward with either A, ghostwriting, or B, providing uh, editorial services or project managing to help keep you on track as you take it piece by piece, something that I really like that we offer in our total book development uh, uh, package is the interview process, mm. where after the outline has been developed, our writing team will schedule a minimum of six hours 
worth of interviews with you to, to, to break down each section of that outline as thoroughly as possible and, and record those interviews so that you can review it so that you can edit out anything that you may have said in the moment, but that you don't want considered in the final manuscript. And then once we have your approval, we can take those interviews and then move that into the ghostwriting process, where we then basically transpose it into uh, a comprehensive, fully functional, uh, market-worthy manuscript. I mean, this is an incredible service, and it's really something that is is geared towards people who... Uh, just don't have the time, wherewithal, or energy to deal with the 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 the, the sort of uh, minutia of creating a manuscript. Does that make sense? Mm. Yes, definitely. And when you talked about the the six hour interview process that you sometimes will have your have the clients go through, mm-hmm. how does the Blue Artist team kind of handle and work with the client in terms of personal, deep kind of areas that their book might be trying to convey, mm-hmm. you know, or like how, do, how, how does your team build that bond? So yeah, we can sit in a room for six hours and, um, I can, t- I can relay some deeply personal things that are essential to this book. Well, yeah. Like, like are you asking about once that information has been relayed or conveyed, uh, in the interview process, what, what we then do from that point to the next step? Well, that and, or, how do you, what is, what is the strategy for, for having the client kind of be willing to open up with some of these, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, it, it really starts with trust, right? I would say, uh, it really starts with trust because we really want, uh, the, 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 the number one most important thing is that the, the manuscript that's written, especially if it's ghost written, uh, that it is honest and has integrity to the voice of the author. So we want to develop that trust. We want we want the client to trust that we are going to employ integrity in uh, in making sure their voice is what's heard in the written word. And the the process of doing these interviews uh, really goes a long way in 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 creating that sense of uh, of uh, due diligence and creating that sense of comfort and trust. Now. Um, uh, I'll tell you just in terms of practicality, it seldom is a six hour interview all in one shot or all in one day. It almost always is uh, a situation where it's an hour a day for six days or two hours a day for three days. And again, six hours is the minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had clients, uh, have 12 hour interviews where they might do uh, two hours a day for six days. So, um, you know, we really want to, to do that due diligence to, to give the client the time that they need to really express themselves and what their ideas are or what their concepts are or what their, their journey has been. If the book is an autobiography or a biography, we facilitate these interviews with, uh, with comprehensive questioning and, uh, uh, uh an interviewer who is attentive and really, uh, well, well versed in helping to coach the client through that process Mm -hmm. so that the client isn't feeling lost or they're feeling like, you know, they don't know what to say. We're we're really trying to dig. I mean, you can really think of it like a, 
like a really good Barbara Walters 2020 interview. <laughs> you know, we're really, we're really digging. We're really trying to get mm-hmm. everything that we know that the, that the, that the client wants um, in terms of the depth, because again, it's about depth. It's a vertical slice. And so this is these things, these books are not fluff. They are about depth. So we really want to dig as deep as we can. Since we're talking about writing books and being authors and whatnot, if you were to wake up tomorrow and discovered that there was only one book left in existence, and for the sake of this question, let's let's rule out any religious texts for now. Mm, okay. Which one would it be and why? Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, okay. I let me tell you, I have an answer to that question. But uh, am I allowed? Can I can I look at my library? Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a little bit of time. Okay, to look I'm, at the so I'm going to pull up <laughs> yeah, my library okay. right now. I'm going to my uh, listen. I I'm an Audible subscriber. I mm. most of ninety percent of the books that I read, I listen to. Um, but here here it is. That I think the book that I for me has really left the greatest um, mark on my life is a book by Jim Collins. It's called Great by Choice. I I love this book. And uh, again, this is by Jim Collins. And this is a book about building your business, being an entrepreneur, and recognizing that uh, greatness is not bestowed on you. It is not an accident. And it is not even something that the market awards you. Uh, greatness is simply your choice. And you get to decide if you're going to be great. And um, and when I read that, and when I just read that book, I got to tell you, it totally changed my perspective. And I was no longer operating my business or operating Blue Artists, actually, from a, from a perspective of, um, I hope that the market awards us with, with, with greatness. But instead, I, I changed my mindset and said, you know, we are great. We are great. That's our choice. And everything we do is from the perspective of pursuing greatness. Uh, greatness for our clients and our customers, greatness for ourselves as an organization, and greatness in the stamp that we leave behind. So Great by Choice by Jim Collins. That's a wonderful question. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you bet. Excellent. Well, I wanted to give you um, the last word here, if there's any kind of um if there was something we didn't get to touch on that you thought would be important to mention from your book, anything of that sort, that uh, if you have an idea or a thought, I'll let you um, share it with us if you'd like to. Well, thank you so much, John. You know, at the bottom line with becoming an author, what are you waiting for, is to help anyone who has within them a book to help them get through that manuscript process. And, and once they're on the other end of that manuscript process, then what's the next step they need to take? So here are the four, uh, the four uh, takeaways from this book that I want to just remind everyone and put it on the table so you know exactly what you're getting when you uh, get your copy. The first is, I'm going to provide you with a structure for your nonfiction or fiction book. That's one of the hardest things to do. So when you read this book, you are going to leave this book with a clear structure for your nonfiction or fiction book. I'm also going to provide for you knowledge about the various 
publishing parameters that are available to you. Okay. The, the, the tools that are in place to help you successfully publish your book. I'm going to provide a detailed plan on how you can distribute your book. And lastly, I'm going to provide a detailed plan on how you can market your book. So again, I'm providing a structure for your nonfiction or fiction book. I'm going to provide you with knowledge about how the publishing parameters work. I'm going to provide you with a plan on how to distribute your book and a plan on how to market your book. And with these four takeaways, I really believe that you will not only be a, uh, a successful author uh, in creating and publishing and marketing and distributing your manuscript uh, in your book, but I believe that you will be uh, eager to get your next book started. That was Pierre Walters, CEO of Blue Artists and the author of the book, Becoming an Author, What Are You Waiting For? Available where books are sold, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Books, and more. If you've ever thought about being a writer, well, what are you waiting for? Get your copy of Pierre's Becoming an Author today and start your journey on becoming an accomplished writer. I'm John Marble, and this has been Build Your Difference. Thanks for listening to this episode of Build Your Difference. If you'd like to learn more about how Blue Artists can help you develop a distinguished brand that inspires and engages a growing audience, then please visit us at www.blue-artist.com and be sure and subscribe to our monthly podcast for the latest tips and trends in brand development and marketing. And remember, you're not just making a brand, you're making a difference. Start building yours today 